So yesterday was my mother's um, 70th birthday. And it is probably one of the best birthday parties I've ever been to. Which is wall-to-wall people. Um, you could just tell that she was loved. And they were just partying. My mother just turned 70. And they were all partying like they were 21. Better than 21-year-olds. Because a lot of 21-year-olds would just be sitting on their phone. Or in little cliques. But everybody was partying with everyone. It didn't matter, you know, your sexuality. It didn't matter your race. It didn't matter anything. It didn't matter if you're strangers. It was just, it was a party. It was, uh, it was what parties used to be when I was, you know, coming up. But I think partying is different now. It's not, it's not, you know, the connection, it was more important. And it doesn't feel like nowadays that people really care about connecting with one another. And so I had a lot of fun. It was just, it was amazing. And um, I had I surprised her with my, with her sister, um, her nephew, and her brother-in-law because they did not know that they were coming. And I put it on my Instagram. Um, it's Desiree Celeste, the Miracle Child. So um, it's it was really special. It was it was a, it was a beautiful moment, and she was happy. So it was just it was really good seeing my mother in her element. Cause you know, my mother is like she's seventy, but she's still she's single. She works two jobs, but she's still. She still, she's she um still hangs out with her her friends. She has a lot of friends. My mother knows a lot of people. So my mother is very social, and um, to have all of them come out, you know, because it was her day is very special. I mean, you could tell it was just a lot, a lot of love, a lot of love. And it's the first party I've been to in that kind of setting since my stroke. So you, I'm just just being in a different environment and trying to navigate your way through that situation, being disabled. So I noticed there were certain things that I. I could not do. I mean, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't eat. The food was amazing. Amazing. You can tell by the way everyone was eating that the food was amazing. But I couldn't eat because I can't hold a plate in one hand and eat with the other. And the place was so packed that all the tables were taken and there was no way I was going to ask someone. If I can, you know, have us take, you know, take their seat. No. So I just, I was, I would, 
I decided to wait until I got home. Because I knew, I knew they was going to set up a plate for my mother and I knew I would have food when I get home, got home. So that, that's exactly what I did. So you notice you can't do that. Um, got so many hugs and that, you know, I, my glasses had makeup on them and I, I can't hold my glasses with one hand and clean them with the other. So I had to ask my aunt to do that because if I tried, I would end up bending them. I've already tried. I would bend them or drop them. And then if the lens comes out, I just got them. You know, if the lens comes out, I had to get a different prescription. So these are new glasses. I didn't want to drop them. So I, I couldn't do that. Um, like all of my side hugs had to be with my right. But I am right-handed. And then also when I'm speaking, a lot of times people don't understand what I'm saying. Not only because of the music, um, because um, sometimes it's hard to understand my words. Because it's hard to pronounce them. So in that setting, you just... it's It can be... Um, isolating. But as long as the music was good and I was able to dance, and I was okay with it. It was just something new. I've never. I went to another place, but um, you know, there was nobody in the whole place. It was empty. It was just myself, my aunt, and the DJ. It was empty. So this was packed. Everywhere you turn, you had interaction. You had hugs. You had laughter, and you know, just smiles, and it was dancing. So this this was the first time for all of for this and for me to be in this environment. And there were some parts that were a struggle. But as long as I had my aunt next to me, um I would tell her and she would help me and, and that would be it. And just move on to the next thing. And then, you know, someday, hopefully, it will be someone special next to me, helping me out. Someday. There's just certain things that when you're disabled that you can't navigate alone. You can, but it's harder. It takes longer. And it's more visible. And that's the last thing I want to be is to have my disability be so visible.
Not because I'm ashamed or I'm trying to hide it. It's because it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it doesn't describe my heart because I have so much heart and perseverance that when you see someone struggle or stumble, it, it can be judged. But if you would know how much perseverance and, and drive I have, you wouldn't judge me at all. And I don't want people to feel like they have to help me. And one thing I noticed is that I, I forgot to take pictures. And when you have so many other things to think about, a lot of times things get lost and forgotten. And then you don't remember when you're like at home and... So I really don't have much anything documented as far as photographs. And it was a wonderful night. But I do have the memories. But I don't know how long they're going to last. Because if I don't constantly think about it over and over and over again, I'm going to forget. And they're going to be gone. And it was just a night that I did not want to forget, or I do not want to forget. What was also interesting is, um, for the first time, it felt like I was, um, what's the word? What's the word? For the first time, I felt like I was. Let me pause. Okay. It was the first time I felt like um. I was being pursued, um. As um women were. Pursuing me, you know. Or watching me just in a, in a way that was not like you know a friend or you know just being what's the word? <laughs> probably if you're listening to this, you probably have a ten words to describe it, and I'm having a hard time figuring out one. But no, no, no connections. Because I'm not ready to date. So it was one of those situations where if I would have pursued the thought, it would be, I would probably have, I would probably already have a date lined up in the near future. And I'm not being braggadocious or nothing like that. I'm just saying it was that kind of vibe. And it felt good because I've never been liked in that way since my stroke. Even before my stroke. Even in my marriage. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, 
I laugh at it because it's not sad to me. It just it's the truth. So I mean, I find humor and I find humor humor in my disability. I was talking to my aunt and I said maybe there should be like a table with um a disabled section just for people like me. <laughs> a restaurant should have a disabled section so we can be guaranteed a table. <laughs> and have the little wheel the blue wheelchair on the table. But people wouldn't care, they'll still sit there anyway. But I have to go and think and I have my table. So I find humor in a lot of things, and even when it comes to my past, like not being liked. I also read this post that was very poignant. Uh, I took a screenshot of it. Let's find it. Because it was very true. Here it is. Just trying to figure out sense trying to figure out sense of self after a brain injury is so difficult. I'm not me anymore, but I'm still me. I'm not me anymore, but I'm still me. We feel lost, yet we are still here. Talk about confusion with everything else going on. We have to learn to become our new normal. And that is so hard. And it's, it could not be more um, clearer to describe what it's like. But what I didn't know is that, or what I know now, is that I was living with this brain injury since 2011. I had two aneurysms rupture in 2011. The third one was always there. And they found it. They finally found it in 2020. And then it ruptured and caused my stroke while I was getting operated on. So I've been living with a brain injury for okay, gonna have to, okay, I'm gonna have to pause this and come back. So I have been living with this aneurysm since 2011. So 2011, 2020, boy. Nine years? Nine? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really... The reason why I laugh at the other stuff... Because I'm not surprised. I mean, if you live with someone who has a brain injury... Not only is the person who has the injury suffering, but they're causing their entire family to suffer. And just you go through a lot of emotions 
everything is a roller coaster and you have your coping skills have diminished. So I make jokes about my former life because I can understand. I understand why they did not like me then. But if they gave me a chance, then I wouldn't understand if, how they would not like me now. Because I'm a completely different person trying to figure this out. And this, this is the reason why um, I fail at, that's the reason why I don't want to date. Because I haven't figured it out yet. And I probably never will. But I have to be able to um, decipher things and, and really take the time out to um, analyze things before I act. Usually I just I act and... It's too late. I've already put my foot in my mouth because I didn't just analyze it. Just take, don't rush yourself. You can't rush yourself. You can't rush this process. You really have to slow everything down. And this is a fast paced world where everything, you have to be fast. You have to be fast. With how you respond, you be have to be fast with how you respond when you're wrong. You have to just be fast on how you communicate with people. Like everything is fast. And for me, my world has slowed down about 50%. So everything takes longer physically and mentally. So I think if I would have had patience since they already know all of the other things about me they're not learning someone new the only part that's new is that it takes me longer to process and that's a different person when you've been with someone for years and you live through all of this I think it'll be easier to cope with and figure it out along the way but for someone who doesn't know you and is new this mind process is hard to cope with because they want everything now. So when I mess up, I apologize and I keep moving. Because I don't know what's going to happen next. I'm still processing. I'm still trying to figure this out. So it may happen over and over and over again until someday I have it figured out. That I know how to respond or I know how to process or not or quicker process. I think the longer it takes, longer this well not the longer this process. As this process goes along, um I'm I'm making strides and I'm healing. Not as fast as People look at me and think I'm healed because they don't think they see a disability. But there's a lot behind this curtain. <laughs> there's a lot. And I'm not going to pretend that I know what I'm doing because I don't. And that just goes for with life. Imagine 
with a brain injury. Or imagine healing from a brain injury. Because the brain injury is fixed. Now I'm going through the healing process. And that's the part that's taking a long time. But it's okay. That's the reason why I'm staying single. Single. Because as long as I'm going through this by myself, then I won't be hurting anyone's feelings. I don't have to worry about, you know, tiptoeing around anyone and how they feel after I say something, if they take it the wrong way, or if I do something wrong, or if they don't understand why I can't do things. That if I were able to, I would just do automatically. Automatically, So it's a process. It's a whole getting to know someone. You know, I'm like a baby. I'm... I'm in, I'm I'm a toddler. <laughs> I'm trying to become a grown brain again. Not a grown woman, because I'm a grown woman. A grown brain. So the this me that's working on things um, is a better. This would be a a better time to meet me is now. Because I'm, I have to process everything. A lot of people do things, they make mistakes, and they don't process it. They just keep living like it didn't even matter. But me, I have to ask myself, why did I do this? What was my purpose? Um, was I being honest? Was I leading with integrity? And does it make sense? I don't want to find out later. I don't want to find out the hard way. So I'm taking my time. There's no need for me to date. But it was nice being pursued and looked at that way. That's the moral of this story. <laughs> So I just want to meet people and make friends and if I'm ever lucky enough to, to create a circle of friends as um as vast as my mother's, um then I would say that I'm living a pretty a pretty blessed life because what happened for my mother yesterday was a blessing. And I was very happy very happy for her. And it was it was a nice time. So it was a lot of interesting things going on. What was so different is that I had to um I had to plan or calculate everything. Everything I do is very calculating. And I have to even talk it out. I was like, okay, how am I gonna get I gotta walk myself through everything. Get into the bar. Get into the bar. Okay, I had two of my Heineken zeros in my hand, so I was like, okay, what am I gonna do with my? Okay, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put the right one. Nope, I can't hold both of them in my hand. So I had to carry them both in my right hand. So I had to put them both. You have to think. Okay, put both. Put them both down on the table. I can't remember how I did it.
Oh yeah, I had one in each hand because I was grabbing the the no the, the neck of the beer, which I can't I can't hold on to that. But I have to put one down with my right hand. I can't try to put it down on my left hand because the chances of it tipping it is greater. So I have to put the right one down and then grab the left one, grab the other beer out of my left hand and put the other one on the bar, returning returning the bottles. Everything I have to cal- I have to calculate everything that I'm gonna do. Even when I go in the restroom, so in the restroom, like I said, okay, what am I gonna? How am I gonna? It's a task. Everything is a task. I have to think about everything that I do. Oh, so I'm gonna make a mistake, or if I'm rushing, then something's gonna fall. <laughs> Just hoping it's not me. Something else is gonna land on the ground if I'm rushing. But when I have to slow myself down, which is I have to do every day, which is fine. That's how I learn and get better. Um, it slows it that I have to meet someone who's willing to be patient. And if they're not and they're in a different place, which more than likely they will be. Because everyone is in a different place than I am. Unless I meet someone with a disability like mine. I mean, you know, whatever, whatever God brings to me, you know, we'll see. But for now, no one. No, I had a nice time. It was a nice time. I learned some things. I figured out some things and I'm just going to keep learning. Everything is a learning experience for me. I'm like a little kid. Like I said, I'm like a toddler. Everything is a learning experience. So it was a great day. I'm very happy for Mother. Thank God that He gave us such a beautiful day. You know, God is always so good. And God gave me such a beautiful night. And it was just, it was wonderful. Everything about it was wonderful. So first and foremost, I got to thank God for everything that He does. And um, it was a great night. And thank you for listening. So the moral of the story is if you're ever involved with someone with a brain injury be patient be present and be proactive you have to get help because A lot of the things you're going to go through, you're not going to understand. And you're going to need help navigating with the highs and the lows. And the constant changes that occur at the drop of a dime. This is all part of this is a part of the process which I'm learning. Which I know will carry me to the future when it comes to having an intimate relationship with someone. Sometimes you can be truly honest with a person and they still not understand 
Like I say, this world moves so fast. That if you're not at the same speed as someone, they'll never understand what you're going through. So if you're recovering from a brain injury, be patient with yourself and the process. Don't jump the gun. With expectations of how long it's going to take you to recover. I thought after a year, I would be back to quote-unquote normal. Because it took that long the first time I had my ruptures. It took me about a year to be back on track. But not this time. It's going on two years, and um, I don't think I've made any progress with my left hand. I actually don't think I've made progress with my cognitive, my memory. made um, different advances um, just being able to take care of myself and and um, because when I after my stroke I was completely paralyzed on my left side so I was able to get my leg back so I definitely made strides in my lower body but anything that has to do with my brain is taking a lot longer so I have to be patient with myself and not expect to make all the right decisions when it comes to the people who are in my life. And that's exactly the reason why I'm fearful of an intimate relationship because I know I'm going to make mistakes. And either someone's going to be patient and understanding or they're just going to be impatient and discard me. Which I would rather. I would rather be discarded early on than to invest. Invest in time and... 
um, unreasonable um, expectations like I did with my recovery. I don't want to fool myself into thinking that thinking there's more when it's not. So yeah, I would rather they tell me up front that um I'm not for them. Or just let me know by dismissing me that they don't understand. I would rather that because then it'll just say, you know what, that saying, God's, God's re rejection is God's protection. I'd rather be rejected. And then someday God will send the perfect person to me and one night is a perfect, the, the patient person, person to me, not because this process is for the rest of my life. So what I plan to do is just get some, talk to someone, get some tools that I can add to my tool belt that will help me to process things that I do not understand. Patience is the key word. I have to be patient. And I will be.